him and he is I, and this is Killing the Business Worldwide. I am the host, the sickest one of them all, Sick Vic. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple, or if you like to see the behind the scenes videos, check us out on YouTube as well. It's Killing the Business Worldwide for all those platforms. Today, we're continuing to give the professional wrestling ref referees some love because I don't feel like that's that's they don't show enough love on other podcasts, but not this one. We show referee love all over the world. And today, all the way from Germany, we have Steve Valentino. How you doing, sir? Hey, hello. Good to good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, uh, always appreciate the referee love. <laughs> like I mentioned before, before we start recording. We believe that, you know, without the referee, it's like, it's like kind of a human being without the heart. It's like, yeah. you can't, you know, pump the action out. Like the heart would pump the blood out without the referee. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that's, that's like a, a really cool thing to, to uh, visualize it because yeah, uh, I think also, also the referees are kind of, yeah, the lifeblood of every match because uh, a a good referee can make a good match fantastic, and a bad referee can make a bad match absolutely horrible. There was one match on AEW not too long ago. Like it was a ladder match, and this guy Powerhouse Hobbs, this big guy, was climbing yeah. the referee, and he saw the referee purposely like kind of holding the ladder together. Yes, and I saw that. So, he got so much shit for that about how, oh, you know, the referee helped cheating, you know. As I'm just like, those are just fans that just don't know what they're talking about. I mean, could he have done it better? Yes. Could Power Hops House? Could have gone out and got another ladder? Yes. But I understood what the referee was doing. Absolutely. And that's uh, always helping the match, always keeping the wrestlers safe. Yeah, definitely. So if you could describe your uh, career using one word, what word would that be and why? Wow. Uh, one word to summarize my entire career, I would say, um, let me think for just one second. Unorthodox. That's a unique word. I never heard that one being used on the show. Why? Um, because Simply, I, I um, think I never was made to be in professional wrestling because, um, yes, I'm I'm not like the, the strongest guy or, or always wasn't really like an athletic type of guy. So when I uh, first started uh, training for wrestling, which was in like 2012, um, there were these tryouts for Westside Extreme Wrestling's uh, training school, which was called the Westside Dojo at the time. And basically, I always failed the tryout test because of all those things I just said. Yeah, you're not athletic enough, you're not strong enough, you don't have the conditioning. And um, I always worked on myself, I always got slightly better. But basically, I got in because I. Um, I annoyed them en enough, I think. And uh, so by the fifth or sixth tryout, they told me like, hey, there's this 
summer camp for like a week. Uh, just apply for it, prepare for it, and, and we'll see what we can do for you after it. And it's, it was with uh, Bad Bones, John Klinger, if, uh, if you know him, very popular German wrestler, and uh, Walter, who is now known as Gunther in uh, WWE. And yeah, same procedure as, as always, not the best guy, but um, yeah, I was the one who showed up always as the first guy and always left after everyone was already gone with question after question after question after question. And yeah, they saw, okay, he's got the heart. And so they, they allowed me to train in their school. And after two hard years of training, I became a professional wrestler for about two years. And after that, now a referee. So yeah, it was kind of an unorthodox career. It wasn't really like a Cinderella story or anything. It was only a story of a guy who wasn't really meant to do it, but worked hard anyways and dreamed big. Now, are you, well, since you do have professional wrestling experience as a, as a competitor in the rank, do you take more bumps than usually like the other referees because they know that you know how to take them? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, in in the beginning, it it there was a time where I was like bumping uh, almost every show, and I just get up to them and said, "Yeah, let's don't make it like a running gag because." Um, Sure, pe people from the German scene, fans from the German scene know me, know that I'm a former professional wrestler, but but still, yeah, we can do it if it makes sense, but not not always. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I, I bumped a bit more than other referees in the good one and a half years that I've been doing this. So how old were you when you started training? Um, when I started training, it was uh, I was 16 by then, and um, a few months before my 18th birthday, I had my first match. And what promotions are you currently working for right now? Um, currently, I'm refereeing for uh, Wrestling Cult, which is like my home promotion. They uh, they booked me. Basically, the first time only as a replacement, as a very spontaneous replacement for uh, someone else. And then they saw like, hey, um, we got something here. And now I'm their head referee. I'm also at um, Westside Extreme Wrestling all over Germany. I uh, show up there from time to time. Um, European professional wrestling in uh, Germany and also a few other promotions. And also uh, I just had my debut in France for uh, Bodysol Wrestling, which is like a very big um, uh, promotion from Belgium. They cooperated with uh, GCW uh, on June 10th and had a huge show with, with Joey Janela at, with, as the headliner. And also next month, I'll be going to Denmark for Body Slam Pro Wrestling. Jesus, you're all over the place. Yeah, man. <laughs> Always hustling. What perks do you have being a head referee? Um, well, basically, um, we we try to work with at least two referees at a show. So I uh, coordinate the matches. I um, 
I tell the other referee which matches they're doing, what they should focus on, what story we're trying to tell. And also at Wrestling Cold, I'm also a bit uh, part of the creative team. So I coordinate promos, basically most of our social media and YouTube content. You can find us at, uh, at YouTube, just called Wrestling Cold, Wrestling and then K-U-L-T. Um, yeah, and th those are basically besides refereeing my my things that I'm doing there. So pretty much if you see the lineup, you're like, I don't want to referee with this guy in the ring. I'll just give it to the other guy. <laughs> well, um, kind of, because <laughs> sometimes, uh, well, I'm mostly I'm focused on just giving uh, both of us guys like a, a fair amount of time in the ring so that it uh that it's kind of balanced but also yeah there are there are days from time to time where i think uh i don't feel like doing this match so <laughs> i'll just do the other one i don't do this this guy's an asshole i was having you know you know sorry sorry guy you know i'm the head referee i make the song sorry <laughs> sorry man i do <laughs> i call the shots here yeah anyway and you have to admit you're not the only one. There's probably like nine out of every ten head referees does the same thing. Yeah. I mean, God, <laughs> it's just... when we're honest, we're we're all just humans. So yeah. It, it rolls downhill. That's all you say. It's, well, shit rolls downhill. <laughs> Sorry, guy. True that. So when you were when you were a wrestler, did you win any championships? Um. No. Not. Well. Basically. Uh. Only one, but that happened just recently, like last year, because uh, last year I I returned as a referee in my role as a referee, and I also did like just a few matches for for some promotions I know kind of good, and yeah, I I'll always communicated it like that. Yeah, my my main focus now is on refereeing, and I just do these for the fun, I think. And yeah, they, they gave me a championship uh, at Mad Wrestling Association, MWA, uh, in November of last year. But uh, due to me retiring uh, in May, not last month, yeah, still last month, we've got June, last month in May, uh, to the 21st of May, I retired. So I never got to defend this one. I won it in November of 2022, and now it's vacated. Well, so you, you retired a champion, a champion. You never lost a title. True. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And so tell us about this is a two-part question because you're a wrestler and a referee. Yeah. Tell us about your very first match and how did it go? First as a wrestler. Oh wow. Um, well, my my very first match was in April of um, 2014, and I wasn't really prepared for it we always got told always bring your gear and um i was still like in transitioning from beginners to advanced class but still to every show i i had this very cheap pair of of tights and uh my my wrestling shoes which isn't like the perfect gear but it's it's something to work with and uh, we were at this convention in Antwerp, Belgium. 
like a Comic Con kind of thing. And there was this Royal Rumble at the end. And yeah, it, that was a very chaotic day because first, most of the guys arrived too late and we uh, did like small shows uh, consisting of uh, two to three matches about uh, half an hour length. And yeah, most of the guys arrived too late for the first block. And first I was the ring announcer for that one. <laughs> then I was watching the second one. And uh, before the third and final block started, uh, I was told, hey, do you have your gear? And I said, yeah. Well, congratulations. Now you're part of the, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and so I, uh, I put on my my pair of cheap tights and my uh, wrestling boots who were, were still dirty from the training the day before. And I, yeah, I was ready to rock the world and to be eliminated in two minutes. <laughs> well, as a referee, how did your first referee assignment go? Um, I, I think it was quite all right. Uh, as I said, I uh, jumped in as a spontaneous replacement at Wrestling Cult and uh, the so-called Frühtoppen, which is a, a German pun, too, too long story to, to explain it, but it's a show uh, during the WXW 16 Carat weekend, which starts very, very early. I think bell time is like 10 in the morning. So uh, I was very, very tired. And um, yeah, I don't really remember who. Yes, I, I do remember the, the guys that were in the first match I refereed on that show. Uh, two good friends of mine against another team in a TLC match, which is not like the, the best um match to do your referee debut in but uh, i think it went quite all right even though it was also quite an unorthodox tlc match because we didn't have any um opportunities from the venue to hang the titles the tag titles up so it was a tlc match that was decided by pinfall Jeez. <laughs> yeah that's that's always a great story you gotta improvise. It's true. Otherwise, it 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 worked totally fine. And I did uh, two other matches that night. The main event, also of course, with a ref bump. Haha. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. And I think for not being in, experienced in that role and not really uh, knowing what I did. Um, considering my positioning and my timing and some things like that, I think it went quite all right because after that show, they, they got to me and they said, hey, we want to work with you further. And yeah, due to um, another referee from wrestling called uh, being injured on his knee and uh, being out for like one and a half years, I, I became their head referee. Have you ever come across any injuries? um luckily not that many there, there was one that was pretty nasty um it was during my time as a as a wrestler and unfortunately it was at the time where my career was really starting to um to get started because um i i got more bookings i got a few bookings uh, outside of germany 
And then I was in training with, with another wrestler who was very skilled in the ring, but was also um, like a mixed martial artist. So he, he learned Taekwondo because before he became a wrestler. So he had like the most beautiful kicks you could imagine, but he had a really hard time working them and doing them as safely uh, as they have to be for, for all, everyone to take it. So I was in the training and he was like, hey, Steve, uh, could you get down to one knee? Um, I just wanted to exercise a kick. I wanted to practice a new kick that I imagined of doing. And I was like, yeah, sure, all right. I got down to the knee and his, his leg kicked me right across the chin. And I uh, immediately went to the bathroom. I spit out blood. I spit out some tiny cracks of, I think it was already bones that I spit out. And I went to the doctor and he said, yeah, that kick was so hard. It hit you on the left side, broke the left side of your jaw and the sheer impact from it also broke your right side. Jeez. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, that's wow. That had been one that you must have felt really good after that one. Like, great. Awesome. Always a great time eating food, eating solid food. That that was really fun. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. So, what are some of the most important matches that, in your opinion, are the closest to your to your heart? Like, um dude um as a wrestler or as a referee oh all right um, this is your career as a referee wrestler this is your career which okay. match is important to you um i think i'll pick um of course um my debut was was a, a really exciting it is it is an exciting moment for every wrestler but I, I think the, uh, the matches that I'm very proud of and I remember very fondly, one was against uh, Walter or, or Gunther in a, in a six-man tag um, at the so-called Tattoo Brawl, which is, a, um, which is an event right inside of a tattoo party. So there are like freaky people all around the ring and... Uh, it's a great opportunity for, for young wrestlers like me at the time to, to get some experience in matches that wouldn't be shown at a regular WXW show or any other show in Germany. And so they put me in a six-man tag um, against Walter's team, and I, I got to work with him. That was really special for me, considering where he's, where he's at now. Um, also... I got to wrestle at uh, WXW's Shortcut to the Top, which is like uh, their version of the Royal Rumble. I also filled in for that one because two wrestlers uh, had like uh, a car accident, I think. I think they were stuck on the road. And so, uh, yeah, I had to jump in this time with, with real gear. <laughs> and um, also like my retirement match that I had this uh, May against um, Kevin Rogers, Alpha Kevin, also a popular German wrestler who is like 
one of my best friends. Uh, we we got to wrestle in the main event of a very small show, but uh, in a last man standing match where, yeah, we just had this very special connection all the time. And I think it it went over to the crowd and yeah, we, we just had a great time because I really wasn't a wrestler uh, that got put in main event situations a lot. So to have this moment with one of my best friends and also one of the guys who I wrestled the most in my entire career uh, and to, to close out this chapter of being an active wrestler and to focus mainly on my referee career, that was also a special moment to me. Um, yeah, and as a referee, there are a, a lot of matches that I'm very happy with, but I think to, to name the three best I would say in uh, summer of 2022, I got to referee uh, the comeback of Millie McKenzie, who, who was like a former NXT UK women's wrestler. Uh, her return to Germany, I got to referee this one, which was very special to me because at the time she was still on the WWE contract. Um, I also got to referee uh, the first women's main event of wrestling called which was millie mckenzie versus amel who were both uh big stars in nxt uk and also um one of the last matches of duck williams in germany in october of 2022 this one was also really special to my heart because uh, i adore duck williams and i followed him for so long basically for like 13 years and to to share the ring with him was a huge honor and a fantastic learning experience why did you switch from being a wrestler to a referee mm. well basically first i uh i uh left wrestling at all because i um had a lot of private um obligations that i that i had to follow i was just getting started uh getting a job and uh kind of um living on my own so to speak and yeah um I, the, the wrestling school for, from Westside Extreme Wrestling, where was, I was training at, also moved a bit further away from me. So I uh, lost more and more of my free time. And also uh, the distance to my training place got uh, quite a bit bigger. And these two factors combined with um, the sheer amount of up and coming talent who were uh, hot and ready to to step in and to basically take my spot uh, yeah made me do the decision to just say okay uh, I'll just do these few dates that I already am booked on and uh, I won't accept any any further bookings so uh, that was basically like the main decision. I then moved on from wrestling for quite a few years and uh, yeah, COVID-19 happened and pretty much reminded me that it's a gift to be in front of so many people and to uh, 
share my passion with like-minded people. And when this refereeing thing came along, I uh, basically thought like, why throw it away? Why don't um, still contribute to the sport that you love so much? You miss being a professional wrestler or are you, are you happy being a referee? I'm really happy being a referee. I, um, I got quite a few uh, requests from promoters who, who asked me like, hey, why don't you uh, come wrestle for us? And as I said, I uh, did that now for a little bit over a year, but I, I didn't really do that many matches. I think I uh, went to like over 20 shows and most of them were as a referee. I, I think I wrestled five or six matches during that time. And um, yeah, now that I had the opportunity to uh, have that one last big match against one of my best friends and also best uh, rival uh, rivals, I think that that was a nice closing point for me as a uh, as a professional wrestler. I I didn't really feel comfortable in in this role because I wanted to focus mainly on being a referee and. Uh, I also thought that it wasn't like the best thing if uh, fans saw me refereeing in that one promotion and wrestling in the other. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really happy just being a referee for now. What was wrong with the name Walter? Why did they have to change it to Gunther? <laughs> that's, that's a good question, man. I uh, I also thought this way when. Uh, when they renamed him, and I'm not really sure what's what's the matter. Um, maybe it's because Walter is his real name, and there are like some trademark or licensing issues. That's something that could be a thing, but um, I'm not really sure. But by now, I got used to the name Gunter. Yeah, I too. I just didn't realize you're probably right. A trademark situation, but I guess it's like. Why, you know, because you say, like, all right, he's Gunther, but what do you say about his UK, w, NXT UK championship run? Like, it never happened? Or do you acknowledge the fact he was Walter back there? I mean, it's just confusing, you know? It's like... Yeah, true. I think they handle it the way you said, like, uh, they, they acknowledge it with, yeah... He was Walter at the time, but maybe in the in the record books say they, they just changed it to Gunter. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's confusing. I, I give you that. I feel like repackaging is like if it's necessary, okay. But if it's not necessary, true. Yeah, you know, kind of ruins the resume of that wrestler. And I don't know if it's because of trademark issues. That's money, and it's like okay, you just gonna make his career sound clunky because of you want to get extra couple bucks in your pocket. I'm not, not down with that. Yeah, I see that. I see that, man. So you, since you've seen um, uh, wrestling over in the States, tell us some differences between uh, wrestling in Germany and wrestling in the United States. Well, um, I, I think that there were quite a few differences in um, storytelling because um, in Germany, 
we like to do a lot of uh, not not like gimmicky matches or over the top characters, but um, a lot of Germany uh, German promotions try to uh, do long term storytelling where we we had storylines going on for for many years uh like like the bloodline there there was there were a few uh storylines in uh gsw which is a, a promotion that's defunct nowadays uh where where they told stories for like uh two to three years and um i don't see that as much in the uh independent scene in the united states but that's also um yeah um a thing that that tends to differ from promotion to promotion there are also some some really good storytelling promotions in in the united states i by the way i i, I love the wacky storylines of kikara by the way but um yeah um i think those are mostly the differences also um i think what's a bit more of a thing over here is uh like that that old school wrestling the the wrestling in the united states there are many promotions where it's just like yeah move after move after move after move but um but in in germany there are also some like old school catchers that that really love to work that rest hold for five to six minutes so if you, so what advice would you give someone who's breaking into the wrestling business today that you yourself didn't know when you started? I think the main thing that I would advise to everyone is um, show up first, get home last, and always listen. And if you get feedback, if you get critique, whatever it is, don't try to defend yourself. Just soak it in like a sponge, shut your mouth, and try to do it better. So why do you think people go buy tickets to see your promotion? Um, like um, my promotion, Wrestling Cults? Yeah, I was like, why, why do you think fans go, go to your promotion particular your promotion oh, like what, um, what draws them to to you and your mm, yeah um speaking for wrestling cult i think the, the fans go to the promotion because we've got that nice mix of uh like an underground atmosphere we've got a very intimate crowd a lot of people that uh, that come here very often and when new people come in uh wrestlers fans whoever it is the the wrestling cult fans or cultras as we call them they always make you feel welcome they always make you feel as one of their own and um they always get you into this this hot atmosphere and that's that's a thing that that gets the wrestlers going that gets the crowd going and that basically guarantees everyone a fantastic time over at wrestling cult so um like not the biggest venue not the biggest crowd size but an atmosphere and a um 
an electricity that that's pretty much unmatched in, in Germany, I would say. We know how important it is to like work out and go to, to be a professional wrestler, but how important is it to work out and be in shape just to be a referee? I think it's also um, important to at least have decent conditioning. Um, I think you should always look the part, which doesn't mean that you that you have to be jacked and that you have to uh, have to look like one of the wrestlers, but you should always look like someone who primarily stands up for the rules and who, yeah, who who doesn't have to belittle himself besides a wrestler who who always looks like authority in the ring. So. Um, Conditioning is very important and you, you shouldn't look like a complete couch potato, just like half a couch potato that I am. <laughs> I would, I would, okay, you think you're a couch potato? I mean, I, you're in decent shape, I think. Thank you. Maybe it's something I don't know, but just, you know. <laughs> so how are the fans over there? Because you always hear stories about some promotions will have fans that's unruling they will be disrespectful especially the ones who are behind uh, behind behind a keyboard they think they can talk all sorts of shit and get away with it how are they towards you and your and uh wrestlers that you've heard from um yeah a, a lot of those stories are unfortunately true there are a lot of keyboard warriors in germany <laughs> who um if you get in their face and asked them about the critique that they just posted online a few hours ago, they wouldn't get a single word out. But um, yeah, when they're behind their screens and in front of their little keyboards, they're like the toughest dudes around. And um, there are some fans who I still accept because they, uh, they paid money to see us and they're they can have their opinion, but um, as soon as someone gets respect, uh, disrespectful or even um, physical with a wrestler or a referee, that's the point, point where it goes too far. And that's uh, also a thing that, that happens not quite a lot, but um, sometimes in Germany when, when there are fans that are too drunk to even realize where they're at or what they're doing, Whereas they're chanting uh, completely ridiculous things to women wrestlers like, yeah, show your pussy or something like that. And um, yeah, fortunately, we, we have um, a lot of good security guys um, at most German wrestling shows. So yeah, these incidents happen, but as soon as they happen, as they happen, um, the guys will be banished from the arena in two to three minutes, not even five minutes time, I would say. So yeah, it's a problem. It happens, but I think the worst guys are getting their right treatment. I tell the story once in a while. I went to a wrestling event in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, where um, Alicia Edwards, she's an independent wrestler, impact wrestling. And yeah. um does the northeast of america as well she was the champion going to ring i yelled like like we're not worthy and now i'm six two 
She's five mm. four. And she looked at me and was like, what did you say? And I was like, I cowered way away. Going like, I said, <laughs> we're not worthy. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. <laughs> and she looked at me and was like, oh, you goddamn right. You're not worthy. And kept on walking. <laughs> awesome. But just like yeah you have some fun but you know and i know my opinions are strong but it's always with the issues of the promotion yes like story writing not with the wrestler themselves because if the boss tells you to jump you gotta jump true i mean it's like you gotta get you gotta pay, afford to pay your family feed your family yeah and and as i said uh, those those things are totally fine everyone has their opinion, everyone has their right to have their opinion, even if it's uh, some some issues considering the, the in-ring product, the wrestlers, or even the way the guys wrestle or, or look or talk. That's all good, but as, as, as long as it's in the, uh, in the strict um, context of a wrestling show, that's all good. Um, as soon as the people behind the wrestling characters get attacked and offended that's 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 the breaking point if a fan ever ran ran into the ring during a match with security do they very calmly drag them up or with the wrestlers like get some shots in yeah uh the the second one <laughs> you know i always believe that you know once you cross that barricade you know what happens happens absolutely it's just and like you know so you 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 know you put your finger in an electric socket. You know you you gonna get shot. It's True. you cross the barricade. You might you gonna get a shot. They're gonna get a shot at you. Common and, sense, right? Yeah, pretty much. And when they go like, "Oh, that's not fair," they be well. You should have crossed the barricade, shouldn't you? It's true. Absolutely true. So, what keeps you in professional wrestling? Uh, what keeps me in professional wrestling is my my passion for it. I think that's that's the thing, and also like there there are a lot of bookings coming in, so I I always uh, talk to my girlfriend or, or my family, and I'm like, yeah, I I'll try to do just a few shows, and yeah, that's that was basically me at the beginning of the year where I was like saying, yeah, I'll try to do one to two shows a month. And now I'm looking at my schedule and I've got uh, 30 shows coming in 2023. So, and a lot of them, not even in Germany. Damn it. Same way with this podcast, man. It's like, I'm going to do one, two episodes a week. Then also I look at my schedule. I was like, all right, I got three afternoons, two evenings. And I did say I'll do a morning one for this guy. So... (laughs) Okay, that's a good. That's a good schedule. All right, you know it's. Yes, yes, yes. It's it, it's always like you you try to uh, lower the pressure, but also you're always happy when something new pops up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it'll click one day. One of these True. days it'll click. You know, it's one of these days you're like, oh, I finally got my groove going. Two a week. All right. One of these days. <laughs> Maybe. So if professional wrestling never existed, what would you be doing? Wow. Um, I think I would be an even bigger nerd than I already am. 
I, uh, before wrestling came along, which is also like in the, uh, I think people consider it nerdy to like wrestling. Um, before I really got into professional wrestling, I was a huge fan of, uh, of video games. So I think I would be even more into that. And basically wrestling and my day job are the things that, that keep me from gaming as much as I'd like to. So yeah, I think I would be an even bigger gamer. Five years, where do you see yourself? Wow. Um, in five years, I see myself as an established referee, as one of the best referees in Germany. And as a guy, people can come up to if they if they need help. What are some of your shorter term goals? Um, my shorter term goals, uh, I, I I really dream of going to the UK. I that that was always a, a dream of mine because I love British wrestling. So I always wanted to go. Uh, to the UK uh, as a wrestler before, but it, it never got to be. So yeah, I would love to go to, to Great Britain next year or so, and also to the United States. What events do you have coming up? Wow. Um, right now I'm on a little summer break till, um, till the middle of July, then I'll... I'll first be at Odium Pro Wrestling, which is like a brand new promotion in Berlin, Germany, in the capital of Germany. The next day, I'm at Fightback Wrestling in Frankfurt. And yeah, the first day after that, I'll be going to Denmark. And where can, people, slam. where can people find you on social media so they can keep up with your adventures? Wow. Um, they can find me on Facebook um, with my name steve valentino you can also find me at uh, instagram and twitter with uh, the at fabian f-a-b-i-a-n that's that's the crazy name that the people in the real world tend to call me Un uncreative uncreative f-a-b-i-a-n u-n-k-r-e-a-t-i-v yeah that's it well, Steve, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on. And like I said, hopefully we'll see you in the International Referee Summit on July 7th. I would Wait, love to. Whatever that Friday is. I think it's the 7th. All right. Yeah, I think it's that Friday. I'll remind everyone when it is. I don't have... Oh. You know, as I can podcast. Meanwhile, my son's looking at his blippy videos on my phone with my schedule in it. <laughs> There's always something around here. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. It, it was a pleasure, man. And thank you for everyone who listened. And thank you for, for everyone who watched. This is Killing the Business Worldwide. And we are all...